This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. They've already had four hours, but there's always more that goes into every show. This is Emerging Podcast Scene. Brought to you by Extend Technologies, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. Make your home dreams come true with Extend Technologies. In fact, we'll be going over there uh, very shortly after this podcast. We're going over there to the um, beautiful showroom in Broadview Heights. It's going to be absolutely wonderful. Looking forward to seeing all the stuff that they have that's new because they always got new stuff in. And it's not just about TVs. It's not just about surround sound and theater and all the stuff. It's about actually designing your home and how you want it your home. A lot of people are buying new houses. Uh, we know it's a t- it, it, we, gosh, we certainly know it's a tough market out there with tone and actually being able to land that ho- home of your dreams. Uh, if you have landed that home of your dreams and you're already looking to do remodeling, you're already looking to put bring it into the 21st century. That's why you give a call to Extend Technologies. Tony, the whole team out there, Jay's fantastic. We absolutely love Jay. I don't mention Jay enough over there at Extend Technologies. They're fantastic people. They know how to take care of the customer because it's your dreams, and they put them into reality with a project that's going to fit your budget and a project that fits your lifestyle with the wonderful folks at Extend Technologies. Tony is learning day yeah. by day just how great they are. Yeah, and you know one of the things I notice when I start walking through these homes that I'm looking at or I see them online at any of the many websites, I look at that basement and I go, all right, what can we do here? And I look yeah. at the patio or outside, and I think, what are the features here that will translate – and what kind of dreams can come true ah. when I think about Extent Technologies and the type of things they're capable of, their capacity, their capabilities. It's absolutely incredible. And just look at all the testimonials that are out there. When you look up their online reviews, uh, when you see all the pictures on the website, it yeah. is blowing me away every single time I see what they have been able to put together. Congratulations on all your success coming up in a bit. And congratulations to you when you go to Extend Technologies, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. We had a great interview with Natalia Neidhart today. And you asked, or you brought up Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Do you, I, we, I, I think you are more impressive than what people want to give you credit for because you do not look like a fan who ever really – you don't look like a person who ever enjoyed wrestling at all. Like, okay, we got Cookie Pie, right? Our sales guy, Cookie Pie. And he is – I mean, he's a dude. He's a he's a guy. He's a guy being a dude. He's bigger. You see Mike, and you would say he liked wrestling when we were kids. Yeah, and he didn't. And he doesn't. Oh, he did any of this stuff. No, Surprises he me. doesn't like wrestling. And that exactly, I'm surprised. You look at Tone, and you would think that guy did not enjoy professional wrestling at all. 
Who is your – give me your top five favorite wrestlers of all time if you can. Just off the top of my head. Yeah. I, I, Bret Hitman Hart was number one. I mean, it seriously was. He was always number one? Yeah. He was He was always, always up there. Ric Flair was probably right behind number two, even before he went to the WWE. So I had seen him and all that he had done. And then there's some weird ones. Like, I really – because I think I was too young to understand wrestling and understand what was mm-hmm. cool about wrestling. For some reason, I liked Sting. Just because he had two moves to end his matches – and he was not a technical wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't great on the mic or anything like that. But I think just the face paint, uh, always good. Oh, oh yeah. I got one for you. Yeah. Uh, ulti- uh, two of them. Ultimate heels, Ravishing Rick Rude and the Honky Tonk Man. And the Honky Tonk Man, because of the violence of that freaking guitar. Oh. Did they do something to the guitar to make it so that he could hit you on the head with it and it wouldn't well, be yeah, that painful? Yeah, because most guitars have a spine on it okay. to keep it together. And you got to take the spine out. And there's stories of wrestlers who have been hit over. Someone famous got hurt like a concussion and a gash over their head because somebody hit him with a guitar that didn't have the spine out. Because <laughs> the guitars can be big. Yeah. And so I, I want to say it wasn't Je- – Je- automatically people are going to go, Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett, yeah. Jeff Jarrett. It wasn't Jeff Jarrett. It was somebody else that got hit over the head with a guitar and it like might have knocked him out cold. Because they took, they didn't take the, they didn't gimmick the guitar. Sure, honky talk. I never took. I didn't realize honky when I was really little. I didn't realize honky talk man was a bad guy. Yeah. I oh had yeah. No idea. Well, he was doing the Elvis impression. I didn't realize it. Yeah. I, I he was always he was always great. And then just Rick Rude, who unfortunately uh, passed away. He he he'd still be doing this. I mean, he had a lot of injuries too, so probably didn't help. But. Uh, that no guy thanks. was ripped. No thanks to the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, I know. I know. But R- Rude, Rick Rude was totally ripped. He had the best tights that you could have. I mean, he would put people on these tights and faces on these tights. I didn't know that we had the technology for that back then. And then. His airbrush. Then he would, yeah. And then he would rip on the women of every city. I mean, come on. Call what a gimmick. Fat, sweaty pigs. What and all the, oh, a man, gimmick. And then. You would act Sweat like he, 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 they made it seem like he was a sex symbol, but all the women were booing him because he was making fun of them. They would show, they would go, to the, but the cameras would pan the crowd, and there was women, and you could see the hunger in their eyes for ravishing Rick Root. Um, by the way, <laughs> ultimate champions pose on the Ultimate Warrior. Me being six years old, seeing the Ultimate Warrior, not liking the Ultimate Warrior. I was the only kid that I ever knew when I was when Ultimate Warrior was there in the early 90s, the very early 90s, who liked wrestling and did not like the Ultimate Warrior. I was a Hulk Hogan guy. I didn't get the Ultimate Warrior. I didn't like him. I di- I didn't like his face. I didn't like I just didn't like him. I knew I just, there was something I just I hate this guy. I absolutely hate him. The promos were terrible. Now I'm not sitting there at 6 years old going, oh, "His promos are bad and his work rate's bad and he he doesn't take care of his opponents." I just didn't like the Ultimate Warrior. And I liked a lot of other guys. I liked a lot of other wrestlers. I was a big Hacksaw Jim Duggan fan. Yeah. And he, he's famous for carrying around a two-by-four and doing, oh, but I hated the Ultimate Warrior. And you know what bothered me about the Ultimate Warrior yeah. is that him and Hogan did the same thing, which was they looked like they were going to lose, and then there was a all of a sudden, as if they took a bunch of five-hour energy, like at the end of a match, when they were knocking on death's door, mm-hmm. they would all of a sudden get uh, resuscitated Hulk, back to life. Get the Hulk up. <laughs> yeah, so get the Hulk up. They would always do that. And I'm like, well, they both do this. And then when they 
when they squared off, which WrestleMania was it where they squared off against each other? They both did it in the same match, and I'm like, well, this is kind of lame. Like, what are we doing here? Kid just texted me, hack-saw-fan, question mark, fitting. Call me a hack. Because of red, white, and blue, which is because he was Americana. He's just calling me a hack. No. I had a buddy in radio who allegedly smoked weed with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I imagine all those guys had to for pain management. I think I told you about pain management way back when. Yeah. I mean, a little bit of weed. That ain't a big deal, right? That's fine. Uh, who is your favorite tag team? Well, I actually always hated Demolition. I, I they hated, just didn't do anything for me. They I, were boring. I hated Demolition as a kid, and then I, I totally understood Demolition as an adult, and I like Demolition now as an adult. Do you really? I, I dig the outfit. Hmm. Continue. I'm trying to think about uh, some of the great tag teams. Obviously, the Rockers was when when I was really starting to pay attention to wrestling. So when that broke up, I was it was disarray. I couldn't believe. I remember watching that? What had happened? Yeah, everybody. Had we lived at 319 it. Stewart. I was a really small, small kid. We had just moved to Perry Township. When that well, happened. you didn't miss anything in wrestling because not only would you see it on one of their featured shows. Then on the weekends, you'd wake up, mm-hmm. and instead of cartoons or whatever, you'd see the recaps of the week. And so it would be like the highlight reel from the entire week. So you would never miss anything. The you didn't Rockers, need the internet. You'd just be able yes. to tune in and see what you'd miss. The Rockers breaking up and being thrown through the plate glass window, because a lot of people, including myself, remembered it as he got super kicked through the plate glass window. Yeah. Marty Jannetty did. He didn't. He no. got he got thrown through the plate glass window, and then Bobby Heenan, <laughs> he tried to escape. Um, that is, if I'm going to make a comparison. Was just senseless. That is the that is the OBJ trade of professional wrestling. Like, that was a big moment that I remember. Like, we all remember what we did when OBJ actually got traded to the Browns. I remember, and I will always remember what people did, what I did. When he got thrown through the plate glass window, when Marty Jannetty went through the barbershop window, when the Shockmaster made his debut, <laughs> you always remember these moments of what happened. Um, who's your favorite valet? Valet? Yeah. What do you mean? Like Miss Elizabeth? <laughs> so, you know, Sonny? No, um, that I, was I couldn't stand a lot Terry. of those. You I didn't could, like the valets? I couldn't. I couldn't stand a lot of that either. The managers. Now we can talk managers. I always liked, I, I, you know, Mr. Fuji's always a popular one. Slick. I always Slick liked, was great. Yeah, I love Slick. Just the characters. that they Obviously, Bobby the Brain. I mean, Bobby the Brain. Bobby the Brain's number one. He was just too good at it, so they yeah. had to figure out a way, put him on the broadcast. Because if you were to ask me my favorite announcers ever, the announcing team wasn't even close. It was Gorilla Monsoon. and Easily. And it, 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 had, to, it had to be Jesse the Body because they understood – how to build it up, build confrontation mm-hmm. in the booth, and then everybody was doing a poor facsimile of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, when you think about even Vince McMahon, when he came in and started doing it. See, I think he's underrated. He I was think, good. I remember Vince McMahon for, oh, my God, it's Shawn Michaels. Ah, look at that. But when you he actually, became a caricature. Yeah, but I thought he was, you know, going back and watching some of the old stuff, I'm like, eh, Vince, Vince had some jobs. Vince was pretty good at yeah. it. He was okay at it, which probably makes it horrible for everybody else who came after. But when they had Bobby the Brain in there with Jesse the Body, and they would sit there and talk about the cheating that was being done and put a positive spin on it, mm-hmm. it made me laugh 
every time. I was a kid, and I'm laughing because you knew it was so ridiculous that they would sit there, and when, when, when guys would team up by the turnbuckle while the rest head was turned, and by the brain would go, listen, that's just, that's just smart. They know where they are in the ring. They know exactly what's going on, and this was a great scheme to come into this match. I mean, I just love the, over an, the over-analysis of it. So when Bobby the Brain Heaton died, and kid knows about this, uh, when Bobby the Brain Heaton died a couple years ago, which, by the way, best booth ever was in the WWE era. Like, people say Lance Russell, Gordon Sully. Of course. Fine. It's great. But in WWE era, era, the ones that we watched, Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby the Brain, and then JR. JR's got to be number one. JR's the voice of wrestling, the voice of this generation. And quite frankly, probably looks at what's going on in that booth right now and... Well, is the poli- I, I can't say he probably doesn't feel a little bit like. Eh, are the politics are the politics as such he can't come back? He just he works for another company now. He works for another. He works Man. for AEW. You would and think he has they a big you, contract there. You would think they would throw whatever money to get him back. It's what the fans want. He'll eventually. I mean, you're always never say never. He he's been fired from WWE like four times, and and you always come back, and they always make it right. And Jr. is a is a legend, but he likes what he, he seems to like what he's doing in WWE. But real quick. Um, when Bobby the Brain Heenan died a couple years ago, I got a text, and I didn't – I was like, oh, man. And I put out like a – I thought it was common news. And so I put out like a meme or just a picture of Bobby the Brain Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon, and I wrote, together again, we lost another legend. Well, you knew Bobby the Brain Heenan was going to go at some point here. He was very ill for a long time. I started getting like these wrestling Twitter – and, like, the dirt sheets, I'm not – like, I love old-style wrestling. And Kid rekindled that love, and Vic rekindled that love. And I love the old-style stuff, but I started getting like, are you sure about this? I don't see this anywhere here. And I'm like, oh, Did you jump the gun? I, I, like, jumped – I jumped it by, like, ten minutes. How did you know? I got a text, and I thought it was common knowledge. Wow. Because I don't expect wow. to get so I don't broke expect the news. to be told news. It was I a Carmen break, bomb. I didn't break the news. I think other, I just had it before a couple of the other ones did, and there was a bunch of people like, this isn't right that you're doing this. And I go, what? And then I looked, and I go, oh, man, it's not really, like, broken yet. It's only by a couple others, and then it started to come out. And you, were, uh, you were Woj before Woj. By the way, I saw this the other day. Uh, somebody had a big story. I think it was a Brad Stevens story. Mm. And everybody was rushing to break the story. You had all the Boston people rushing to break the Danny Ainge and, and the Brad Stevens story. And then... <laughs> I'm a little disappointed in Brad Stevens. We'll talk about that in a second. All right, so you had Woj break it. I mean, they all did all at once. Yeah. So obviously the information got out. Maybe an agent put it out or whatever. And Shams, who his big claim to fame is... You know, he was the, the protege, right? Mm-hmm. And he's beating Woj to a lot of these stories. Ah. So he might have beat him by a few minutes, or he had to delete, and then he quote-tweeted Woj, thinking he quote-tweeted himself. Mm. That was great. Like, it just when you when you think about the dorky, insidery BS when it comes to breaking these stories, and I don't really care who breaks stories. It doesn't matter to me. Like, it does nothing for me, but it was just funny to see someone make that mistake by quote-tweeting a rival. What of an industry. Did you make an argument once about – like they're not journalists per se. I don't consider it journalism. To say, tell me that. Again. Yeah, like tell when me I, that on air. when I think of journalism, okay, I think of the stuff. Even though, man, in New England they would not agree. But uh, what's the duo that broke a lot of the New England? Uh, Wickersham. Yeah. And who's the other guy? Like that's journalism. That's 
uncovering something that was never meant to be uncovered. Like when Wetzel, L- well, not, not, uh, um, uh, 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 Posnanski, when he was talking to Jay Paterno. Well, but that that's that's the type of stuff. Like when you know, local news used to have people that hovered around not only city council but a lot of the meetings downtown, and you had news services. All the radio stations had their reporters, yeah. so they cultivated they cultivated sources, and they were able to break stories that would have never been broken and uncovered all sorts of fraud that would have never been uncovered, that's journalism. Just having someone text you and say, hey, we're going to cut so-and-so. Yeah. Hey, we're, we're going to sign Patrick Mahomes to a deal, uh, extension. All right, you're just putting out a story that would have ultimately got out. When I think of journalism – it is finding out something that was never meant to be uncovered. That, to me, is true journalism. And that's not to say there's not value in what Woj or any of those people do. There, of course, is value. And they can pick up the phone. Woj can call any superstar in the NBA. He can call any coach. He can call any GM, any scout, any owner. And he has that. Yeah. But he doesn't put that stuff out or write. He doesn't write anymore. So he's not providing context to anything. Boy, he doesn't so write anymore. A lot of that knowledge just is useless. It just gives him background, but really he's just trading favors. Like, all right, you tell me this, I'll tell you this. That's not journalism to me. That really isn't. I get that. I actually do get that. I get what you're saying there. Can I um I just love the explanation yeah. of it. Can I share I'm a little disappointed, Brad Stevens. How old is he? He's not old. Yeah, he's been there eight years. Is that incredible? But how old is he? He was a young coach when he got there, and he's probably yeah. still a younger guy. Is he in his mid forties now? In terms or of basketball yet? years, like you really want to take an executive role right now? Yeah, I'm sure he makes more money than God. That's fine. But do you want to take an executive role now? Like, I I guess you could go back to coaching if you wanted to. So he's stepping down from being head coach, right? He's not going to be the head coach of the Celtics. Yeah, he's 44. He's 44. So he's not going to be head coach of the Celtics anymore. Correct. Correct. Yep. Correct. So there's going to be another head coach, and he's going to be in the front office as the executive. Like he's going to be, is he team president? Uh, essentially, team president? GM, team president. Essentially, he's going to have the Danny Ainge role. Okay, and Danny Ainge is being moved out. So, I just think he's got so much more to give on the bench, and so I'm disappointed by that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It's so early in his life. I mean, he could be doing this for the next 25 plus years that I wouldn't rule out that he would return to coaching. I do think burnout is a thing. I think players tune you out, and I think he has two superstars or two players that one looks like he's there. I mean, Tatum the last three yes. months of the year looks like he's there. Well, he went from no 40-point no games to, what, four yeah. in two months? Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and he's dropping 50 in playoff games. Yeah. And then Jalen Brown, who obviously was injured at the end of the year, who is like a two-way player that can be a really good I, – I don't – I know the Boston people are talking about him as if he is the most untouchable player in the league. I, I don't buy that, yeah, but he's good. they also made Isaiah Thomas out to be an MVP. And I sure. know he had a great year that well, year. he did have a great my year. My God. So, so you have these two guys. Like, we're sitting here bemoaning having two six-foot guards. They have exactly what you would dream of. Mm-hmm. Any coach or GM would dream of, which is, oh, my God, I got a six-seven, six-eight wing who – any game could be the best player in the game. He could outplay Kevin Durant. He could outplay anybody. Yeah. Then you have someone like Jalen Brown with size, ruggedness, can do it on both ends. That is the formula on how you get good in the NBA, and yet they weren't good this year. So I think Brad Stevens would probably admit they probably tuned him out. 
they weren't they weren't a well coached team this year. They didn't look like a well coached team. Those other Celtics teams, as much as we didn't want to hear it, yeah. they did look well coached. They didn't have the talent the Cavs had, but they would cause some problems for the Cavs because they were so well coached and they had these young players. And now I think the burnout is a thing. I think you do, especially in the NBA, like football, football, you're not really as a head coach. You're not around all the players like you are in the NBA. You're going on the road. You're playing four games, and especially with this condensed schedule, in six days. And it's like, all right, we know. Get back on defense. We know. Run this sideline side out of bounds. You, you, there has to be a fatigue with that early on, would you say, with our – we're going to try to equate everything to us. When we were hearing from our boss every day when this show started, mm. that, that, that doesn't work. Eventually, oh, there point. needs to be a distance. And I wouldn't be surprised if Brad Stevens is like, they've tuned me out, this isn't going to work, but I know what this team needs, and I can slide into that role. And, That's fair. And if he wins a championship as a GM, people say, well, it wasn't as a coach. I still think there's – if you have any ego whatsoever, you could say, I was the architect of this team. You know, as a head coach, somebody else built the team. Yeah, How many you more could, pieces do You could say you, bit, you put them over the hump. I mean, you got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, just like you said. How many more pieces do you need? Well, it's a problem. You got to go out and find. Yeah, Kemba Walker's deal is kind of like a Kevin Love deal. You yeah. can't do anything with it, so they're kind of screwed there. They wasted a lot of the assets that they had uh-huh. over time. They're going to trade Marcus Smart, and I'll be curious to see what kind of a return they'll get for Marcus Smart. But if he ends up being the architect, think about it for you. Being a coach, yes, being a coach and winning a title is very important. What about being a GM and building? I think in the NBA that's even more important. I really do. I think if 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 Steve Kerr was like it, it will always be Phil Jackson. Okay, but there was Jerry Krause, and I know Jerry Krause makes an easy villain, an easy villain. Yeah, but it, there were still constraints by Jerry Reinsdorf. Just looking at that, there was Phil Jackson who was above Phil. What in in Los Angeles? In Los or Angeles. She, uh, well, at one point it was Mitch Kupchak. Yeah, it was Mitch Kupchak. There you go. Um, who got cussed out at practice by uh, by Kobe Bryant? God rest his soul. Um, I mean, Kupchak was was so great. In what he's been he's been great a few places. Yeah. Now. So and, and Jerry West, and you look at what he's done. Like there's, I think that for to be able to pick them and to be able to get a talent and to be able to get good trades to acquire to acquire players and make good trades that look good between the both of them. Like right now, how good does the trade look between? the Hawks in Dallas when it comes to Luka Doncic and, and Trey Young. That takes good work to get mutually beneficial trades to happen because mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. In the NBA, I don't like it when people say, well, who won, who lost, someone got screwed, that type of thing. I think in the NBA it really has to help both to make everything better. That's the way I feel. So I can see where Brad Stevens is. I just want somebody, for the love of God, to finally bring Indiana back. They have been in this hangover since Bobby Knight. And I want somebody to bring Indiana back. I really do. That's when I when I heard that about Brad Stevens, I wanted to talk that into existence. Like, bring him to Indiana, because I know he's a good college basketball coach. I know he can do it there. Yeah, Indiana and is I, one of five states in the country that really cares exactly. about college basketball. And I, I would look at it and I'd say, I think it'd be good for college basketball. I think it'd be great for the Big Ten. I think it'd be great for Ohio State, Michigan, and all the other schools that want to be good at college basketball still, where – to, to have them back there, finally, like I know, like Kelvin Sampson, but there was the cheating, and you had you had Tom Crean, but it it didn't la- it didn't last long he, enough. He wore they, his guys out. They, they've been exactly they've been 
in this, just this fog. I mean, how long has it been since Bobby Knight got canned? Mm-hmm. Almost oh, 20 a, years now. It's a long time. Yeah, they they had. Um, They've really been in a fog. Yeah, they, 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 I start to wonder with a program like that if you can come back. Like, we're talking about Coach K and what's going to happen at Duke. Damn, I almost hit that. And yeah. they have the resources. Duke has all the resources in the world. They, they, with terms of revenue generators, uh, they're up there. Maybe not with the Ohio State footballs of the world and the Alabama yeah. footballs, but they're right there. Uh, they have rich alumni. They're prepared to spare no expense. And, you know, these kids have all grown up with Duke being a big deal. But, man, are you confident that after Coach K that that's know. something that's going to work? I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, mean, you can run Coach K's stuff. What did you, you do? Can, you can say it's Coach K's Duke culture through and through. That's always easier said than done. I worry about. I worry about guys taking over who have been around for a long time head coaches. Like, I know who was it? Was it Blanton Collier who won the championship mm-hmm. after after Paul Brown? Yeah, but things took a nose time in the 70s. Um, Dean Smith, when Dean yeah. Smith was gone, was it Dunleavy? Oh, I thought it was. Doherty. Doherty. Matt Doherty, right? Well, before him, it was as Etheridge. Uh, what was oh, that my that? God, you're right. And they were like, we're going to continue the yep. Carolina way. Yep. And it wasn't until Roy Williams decided to leave, and he was a top three coach in the country, decided mm-hmm. to leave Kansas yep. after they had, what, lost the national championship? Yep. That was a ship adrift for a while. They're just, they're just aren't a lot of ready-made guys. I agree. That are guarantees. It was interesting. The I Brad Stevens thing was interesting because I I wouldn't be shocked if Duke made overtures. Um, How could you not? Those back-channel overtures to Brad Stevens. And that's why if you're Boston, you just you have to – okay, you don't have to recruit. We're, hey, this transfer portal stuff, Brad, yeah, like this is not the yeah, way no it one was wants Butler. To, I, know, I know right now it's easy to make fun of the college coaches and sit there and everybody on ESPN – it's amazing. ESPN has this deal with college sports – and yet all they do is belittle they rip them. college sports. Uh, easy to do, fine. It's an easy thing. It's an easy institution to make fun of. But I'm telling you, it, it, all these guys want to rip the co- – oh, just evolve, evolve. I, I don't think you understand the complexities of what that sport is going to be like. And I, I don't think anybody's ready for it. I think the guy, Young, old, throwback I coaches. Guys, I don't think anybody is ready for what – having to recruit the transfer portal every year and then having the players make money and while other guys on the team don't make any money. Yep. I know that's real life. I know that that's real life, but these True. are kids we're talking about. I know. I think it's, it is hypocritical, but it's the truth. It's hypocrite. It, it, and that's not, that, how, how can I call something hypocritical in the truth? It's, it's what it is, is that a guy like coach K who has done deals with credit card companies. Yeah. Uh, he has done deals with investment companies, shoe brands, the whole thing. He's been he's been made very very wealthy, being a college basketball coach. He you can say what you want to about the college basketball system. There are guys who go to Duke and they go to Duke for a specific reason. They're going to make a lot of money. Yeah. Zion Williamson could have been paid in Europe for a year. Zion Williamson went to Duke for a very specific an reason, and we all know yeah. that exactly. They made him more media savvy. They taught him what it took to get to the, to be at that level. To and stay he was at that on level. the stage exactly, that he and he was on that stage. There were people who were watching in primetime basketball to watch Zion Williamson, who were not going to be waking up at three a.m. to watch him play in Lithuania. It wasn't going to go down that way. So I, I think there's a lot of grandstanding by people, but they have to look at the realism of it. It is hypocritical, but it's also the truth that nobody, that those guys don't want to be around. I think the best people who are poised for this are assistants we've never talked about. 
not even defensive coordinators. I'm talking about lower level assistants who will who will someday be Saban, someday be Day, or I can't throw Day into that mix yet. Someday be well, maybe I can. Someday be Dabo, like the next generation of those guys. Like maybe Lincoln Riley is the guy to take it to that next level to like to start that trend. I'm not sure. Like young coaches who can quote unquote evolve. But I think there's going to be some trial and error. I think there's going to be some coaches that we think are really, really good in both football and basketball, men's men's college basketball and, and football, who we think are good coaches, and they are just get swallowed yeah. alive by the transfer. I'm looking at Kirby Smart, who's a hell of a recruiter. Like, what happens to him? They're already starting to get worried down in Georgia, starting to get a little worked up. Like, hey, man, you, you – you came to us. You wanted money. We got you all this stuff. They're they're one of the top spending programs in the country with what they spend with the school and what they have at the booster. And we need something in the trophy case. It's been forty years almost since we've had anything in the trophy case. Like we need to win now, and they're not getting anything. And I think there's going to be some coaches like that who, all of a sudden, yeah, you damn well better evolve. And I think that some of the younger guys are going to learn their lessons. Go, you know, I was an assistant for Jimbo Fisher in years X, Y, and Z. I saw what Jimbo did to make the program leaner, to, to, to reach out to, to players who had what they needed. Ryan Day, Ryan Day reaching out to the kid with the Kentucky waterfall. Who's that kid who was throwing the ball sidearm? Oh, Quinn, uh, Quinn e- Devers. Is it Devers? De- Evers. Evers. Evers, thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll see what this kid does. Left Texas. Because you, just, you mentioned it yourself, is you're in a place where, okay, say Ohio State competes for a national championship, wins a national championship this year. Well, if you're Ryan Day, what do you do? What do you do? Because now that kid has a choice. And it, before it was, well, you signed your letter of intent. That's it, and that's all, son. No, no. Yeah, this, this, this dynamic that has happened, and I know it's been easy for a lot of college football writers who hate the sport, who have somehow hated a great sport, uh, with, the most exci- with the best regular season uh, just in, say that out loud, in so. all of sports. We can have him on. We can have him on the podcast. He'll, 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 he'll fight the battle. But it's, it always, to me, was the best. It was the best regular season it had the most intrigue of any sport out there. And I'm telling you, I just don't think you're going to like it nearly as much over the next 10 years. But it had to go this way. Oh. It had to go this way. Oh. I understand oh. Oh. it was criminal that these players didn't make money. But now that they do make money, I don't think you're going to love the sport as much. I think it's going to lose popularity. I really do. You know what doesn't lose popularity is Extend Technologies. No, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. Better than anybody else. And you want to talk about popularity. Their service of tunable spectrum technology where you just look in some places and they got terrible track lighting and it looks like it's from 1997 when it was state-of-the-art then. No, 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 no. Bring your home into the 21st century with Extend Extend Technologies and tunable spectrum technology. Yeah, I was asking uh, the whole crew over there last time I was ever going to go there right after the show about how things become obsolete really fast Mm -hmm. in technology. And what I love is they straight up tell you, okay, with everything that they do, here is the timetable of what the technology is. Bingo. Here's what we can do to enhance down the road if you want it. Here's what we can do now so that you're good for the next 10 years regardless of what the technology is. They have a plan of attack no matter what, and I just don't think a lot of places see into the future when it comes to this stuff, and they are always on the cutting edge, and I think that's the difference in Extend Technologies. X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. Make your home dreams come true with Extend Technologies. I mean, I was going to get to the players and criticizing them for being quote-unquote hurt, and I mean quote-unquote hurt. What do you mean? Well, you and I got into a fight earlier this week, and now I kind of want to save it for the air tomorrow. Okay. Because then you just started talking oh, about Oh, the how Julio you, Jones thing. Yeah, because you yeah. just started talking about how fans aren't going to like college football as much as they used to, and I 
I know we've talked about this before at some point. I just don't remember. And I just you've I already I seen it. You. By the way, you've already seen it in college hoops. College hoops popularity has plummeted, even in the places where it was king. I think people love football too much, and I think people in the South they do not love the NFL the way we love the NFL. True, but they love the SEC and. Boy, I could I could have some reckless speculation about how some of those people view the SEC, but I'm not going to do it. Even though we're on a podcast, and I guess I can say what I want, I'm still not going to do it. Um, they are crazy for that conference, and I think that's what that's what is not going to save college football. But I think that's what's going to keep prop, keep it propped up while we adjust as a country and watching college football. I've just I even think the, seen, the, 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 the fever for the SEC will do that. Even with my Ohio State. Buddies, and you know, I've always been Ohio State like number one. Number one thing that I care about is Ohio mm-hmm. State. And even with my buddies, I think the fact that it's a new quarterback almost every year, it seems like almost every other year. I totally disagree. I think that has changed it a lot. I totally disagree. And let me tell you why. I think you've seen how the sausage is made. And because you've seen how the sausage is made, and because your friends are your friends, and so they've heard about how the sausage is made, they agree with you. Now, I I do agree with you personally. I think that it means more. The tw- the 2002 national championship should mean more mm-hmm. to the state than 2015. I, I well, we beat Alabama and we beat Oregon. You beat Miami. Miami is an historically great team, and you did it with more local kids. Bunch, bunch of bunch of Ohio kids. Absolutely. I mean, it was really it's Ohio versus Miami, and you won that. And Miami at that time was recruiting at a very high level, higher than Ohio State. That's why, to me, it means more. Because it was the time where the local kid played at Ohio State. Now, Ohio State still gets Ohio kids. It's a good football state, obviously. But you know what I know, that the footprint is different. And we root for these guys in the same way we almost root for, for our NFL teams where guys are all over the country and they represent our area. They represent Cleveland, right? I say that. And I still get so many people go, you are dead-ass wrong, Ken. I'm a Buckeye fan through and through. I'm the biggest Buckeye fan. doesn't matter if the kid's from Timbuktu or or Coshocton, Ohio. I'm a big fan of that team. And I go, I can't reach you. I can't reach you. You haven't seen how the sausage is made. They don't – it is it is something they watch on Saturday. They follow the Cruton. They get on Twitter – they, they say nasty things to Michigan fans or they tweet nasty things at Michigan or about Michigan or whatever. I'm not going to reach them people. But even even the recruiting part of it, those it, people, it kind of sucks, Ken, because Ohio State's recruiting all the best players all over the country, no matter what, no matter what state. They get them, and then when they get them, it seems like half those guys end up leaving. Yes. And so it's it's why do I invest my time into this like I used to? But that's, <laughs> there's always been busts. I mean, sure, there's always been guys that flame out. And I think that's going to make it even but, that, that's going to make him even bigger fans. I think they won't care uh, uh, until Ohio State no longer recruits the way they do, which I, I knock on wood. I re- I like Ohio State being at the top. I think it makes it fun. I think that it makes this a lot of fun and I don't want to see Ohio State be a 8 or 9 win college football team again. I do not want to see that at all. I just think it doesn't matter to them. I don't think it matters as much as I thought it would. That kids are here and then they're gone. I just think that okay, we'll re- we'll we'll get somebody else and so I'll love that it, kid and we'll go beat. Clemson why do you think again. it's hurt college basketball the way it has? The players in and out. I just I don't think they like college basketball as much as they like college but the football. The NCAA tournament was a was and was tur- was a huge 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 deal. And college basketball regular seasons, 
yeah, they'll never get the ratings that college football did. They have plummeted, Ken. They have. I mean, it, it is a different college, sport. You're talking regular college football? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think it just means less and less. Like, that's true. And I do think that that's why when you bring up – I didn't see your argument for a while. I thought you were a contrarian when we first worked together. Your argument about your college football playoff and not not making it too big, I think you're right because it protects the regular season. It does. If you make this an 18 playoff, how on earth are you going to keep a two-loss Alabama team no. out still? Or, or Ohio State. You're not going to do it. They're just going to go every Th- year. Those teams are going to get in it, and there will be some upsets, and that's fine, but there is still a reason to watch number one LSU versus number two Alabama and go, hey, you know, if this team wins – then they don't have to play LSU or they don't have to play Alabama in the in the SEC championship game, and that's huge. One of these teams get to go. Not both of these teams get to go. This is a really big-ass deal, and we need to be there on CBS at 3.30 to watch this thing. It's not – it won't be like that because no, well, you'll just put both in. Yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll never have to worry. It'll be for seeding purposes. And so we'll just go, oh, we'll watch it later. So I do agree with you on that, but I just – It's more football. A, I, I get that fans The fever for football yeah. is uh, insatiable insatiable it it is I I I don't know I don't know I I I just get a bad vibe I'll I'll say it's all blue in the face that you know I'm one of these guess I'm a curmudgeon where you want it the old way but the old way is never coming back so we'll see maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm wrong uh I, I I just have lost some of the connection I think with Ohio State and it's great getting these recruits I wouldn't have it any other way I wouldn't I wouldn't rather of us have you know have have Ryan Day recruit worse I certainly don't want that but just just having guys, hey, yeah, they got this guy from Texas, this mm. guy from Georgia, this guy from Florida. They've always done a little of that. Even John Cooper did a little of that. Yeah. Now it's all of that. It's all of that completely. And I wonder, I wonder the significance of that with with the average fan. I yeah. Sorry, I'm getting a text right now. Okay, I have an I'm, email. I'm, I'm trying to get a guest. Oh, damn it! We got to do congratulations on all your success. Damn it! I was about to put the finishing touches on this. I'm sorry. Sorry, kid. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. This is from Brock Lee on Twitter. He says he's using a pen name, so we'll use it. We'll bail him out on this one just in case it gets back to the, the people involved. Hey, fellas. My fiance's friend has ruined multiple events because she fights with her boyfriend whenever she drinks. I love that. They fight whether or not <laughs> he is there in person. Most recently, a wedding reception on Saturday night. They fight. She cries. All attention is on her. Rinse, repeat. Other similar situations include last 4th of July at an Airbnb and last month at Pedal Wagon. What is a Pedal Wagon? You know what that is? Nope. Uh, The friend is a bridesmaid. Should my fiance revoke this friend's invitation to her bachelor party because she is a liability? Yeah, she's a bachelorette party because she's a liability. Yeah, she's a problem drinker. Even worse, what if she ruins our wedding? Thanks. Yeah, she's a problem drinker. Okay. You got to get your drinking under control and be an adult. Yeah, this is tough, obviously, because, and if it weren't tough, there would be no reason to write it. The problem is, I don't know the level, the level of friendship here. Is it a... A bridesmaid, it's obviously an important person to some degree. Now, some people overdo it with we had the groomsmen on each side. and the bridesmaid. Yeah, and I, I don't have any brothers or sisters, though. Right, right. I, I've seen it overdone. I mean, the first wedding I ever went to, right out of college... It was way too big. It was like t- I was one of like eleven guys Whoa. that were groomsmen. Jeez, yeah. Louise, that's a lot. I still have uh, 
uh, the what do you drink out of? You bring a flask. I still have the flask. My name engraved on. Pretty oh, cool. Thanks, Corey. But it was big. It was really big. It was a big wedding. Still talk to Corey? Yeah. No. Yeah, a little bit. So I wondered if weddings were starting to vary in size because of expense and everybody's starting to figure out, hey, we should take the money and put it into a home instead. Mm-hmm. Who cares about a honeymoon? Like, let's let's get the home situation straight before any of that. But either way, this is tough. Like, how close of friends? Because obviously there is going to be so much collateral damage with a lot of your friends based on who's invited, who's not. And if you revoke an invite to somebody because they are a liability, Mm -hmm. I wonder how much this has been expressed to the individual. If they're a liability, you would think that a lot of people have already informed them. Or are they walking on eggshells? Are you and your friends walking on eggshells around that friend because of the level at which they are a liability? I have actually stopped hanging out with a friend because they are a, a, a drinker, or they when they they are a fighter when they drink. They they cannot keep it to one or two drinks, and they just start fist fighting people. And I'm like, dude, fist fighting, dude. It was it was rough. I'm like, every time, why am I getting beat up every time? <laughs> like he like friends. He it was like, it wasn't even. It was so weird. It wasn't like he was mad. Like sometimes he would get mad and try to put holes through the wall, and he was like an angry drunk. Yes. And that was, I mean, we're, we are 20 underage, 21 overage, old enough to know better. And I mean, he just get wrecked. And every time he get wrecked, it was either he was angry or he just still wanted to fight and do all this stuff and you know, do DDTs to each other. And I'm like, dude, I'm not down with this. I just want to have a good time. Like every single time I'm drinking around you. You have a problem. I, I can't do it. it. It's terrible. And and the mean drunk thing and the bad drunk thing is bad. Um, I'm not going to say that. There have never been incidents, say, with me. I've had my nights, but most of my nights, most people would genuinely, unless everybody's been lying to me my whole life, most people would say that I'm a fun drunk at these events. Yeah. And fun is key. Now, here is what we have to get down to, the brass tacks, so to speak, mm. uh, when it comes to this issue. What is that? Who's writing this email? I mean, I know I know it's from Brock Lee. Brock, are you writing this email because you are looking for every reason in the world to, to revoke oh. the invite? Has your wife or your fiance, I should say, has your fiance signed off on this? So you're going to play this for your fiance and go yes. see these two guys? Because I'm telling you, I'm getting the vibe. These two guys think I, that you shouldn't invite this girl to your wedding. I've got no background information at all on what your fiance thinks about this and her. These and two she, guys think that your friends have a problem with the creature on the fan. Is she a necessary evil in your life? These two guys think that your friend is not a necessary evil on the fan. Are you trying? Are you trying to once and for all excommunicate this friend from your? close circle of friends because you know once you get married if she's in if she's at that wedding she's gonna be a part of your life for the next 10 years do you have security at the wedding <laughs> don't i think aren't most weddings have a supposed cop to there, have right? somebody off yeah. duty yeah, well there you case. go that's what the cops are for yeah, no, look once once the damage is done that's the, an old mrs nixon is finished bye bye what once the damage is done it's done i just wonder if you need to have the conversation with your fiance and whether that conversation needed fiance. to be happening because already the invite's been sent out. 
there's already been an invite. There's nothing you can do. The invite is out there. You can't revoke the invite now. That's going to start problems. And when I talk about collateral damage, you know what's going to happen. There is going to be divide and conquer like you have never seen before. Uh, the rest of the bridesmaids are going to be brought into this conversation. Your fiancé's friend is going to start pitting friends against you and your fiancé because she was not invited. So you have to be prepared to deal with the yeah. aftermath of something like not getting an invite to a wedding or even worse, having that that be revoked, which is even worse than not being invited at all. You got to be prepared to never be friends again. Are you prepared to never be friends with this person again as a married couple? And how are the rest of the bridesmaids involved in this? How many of them are friends with this woman? Because if some of them are very Boy, close friends, this is, there's some backstabbing going on. Should have brought on. this up a lot earlier. I'm sorry. I should have brought this up a hell of a lot earlier. This is something else. This is a, this is a these two guys think this is a sticky situation. Should we do part two on this? Should we bring it to the show tomorrow? Yeah, we're gonna have to. We actually have to because this is something that needs to be clarified on air. This is this is rough. This is rough. Like you gotta. I need to know so many more dynamics with this relationship, not only between your fiance and the friend that is considered a liability, but I need to know what all the other bridesmaids think of their. And are some of the bridesmaids bridesmaids are they closer friends with the liability than you are? Because I'm telling you, this game of telephone that's going to go on once this is revoked, it's going to be a disaster. Kids said, "Turn the bachelorette party into an intervention and go from there." Oh my god, I love it. Oh, my God. I absolutely love it. <sighs> Keith said, there was no security at my wedding. None needed fights work themselves out down there, and I actually saw a fight out in the parking lot work itself out. Yeah, it was not issues. a member of Keith's side of the family. Yeah, there's some issues. Anywho, we were at that wedding. It makes it fun. Had a lovely time. There were some issues after the wedding when we were out and about. Yeah, some Marriott. guy called you a... Uh, somebody at a bar called you a uh, a slur. Yeah, uh, Dustin Fox. Certainly uh, not used during the month of June and should be used ever, but definitely not during the month I of June. I remember Dustin Fox had to intervene. Dustin doesn't even remember it. No. I remember it like it happened yesterday. There wasn't a these, lot to remember. We had a fishbowl. We had, we had, guys, we had this great big fishbowl. We had fishbowls. Liz and I shared one, and then you, yeah, you and Lima shared one, or you and Dustin shared one. The guy called, just looked at Lima, called Lima something awful, <laughs> and Dustin was like right there. Like Dustin did this thing where he like hopped right in front of him. He's like, we got a problem here, bro? We got a problem here? I mean, he's like, it's fine. You can say it to him. Are you going to say it to me? You want to say it to me? You want to go outside and take care of it? It was very, very quick, and Dustin doesn't remember any of it. I remember how quickly Dustin was talking. It was great. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't – there was nothing I, – I was shocked that the guy said it. Just shocked. I mean, I've been in dives. Do you before. think they remembered me from television? I thought down they there? did. I thought they did. Had to. But I was shocked. I've been in dive bars before. I was still just shocked somebody would say that to a total stranger that you did nothing to. And that Dustin just like jumped right in front of us yeah. and boom, like right in his face with it. It was great. The guy totally backed down. Totally backed down. Because Lima came walking in with his glasses on and thought he could get away with saying something awful to Lima. And then Dustin came bombing in, and he knew he couldn't say that in front of Dustin. So that is 
the emerging podcast scene. Oh, and don't forget, it's brought to you by Extend Technologies. And you can find them online first, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. It's where you make your home dreams come true. You can listen to this podcast in your own home. You can tell Alexa to play the podcast. You absolutely love it. You'll love it being up there on your big, tremendous screen. Or you'll love it being on your great studio speakers that are all over your home, where you can walk from room to room to room to your patio, that brand-new patio that Extend Technologies can do for you. And you're going to love listening to this show, and you're going to love listening to our show every single weekday morning from 6 to 10 a.m. on 92.3 The Fan with this show brought to you by Extend Technologies, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. It's time to make those home dreams come true with Extend Technologies. All right, we're back tomorrow morning, 6 to 10. You want to bring this to the air? we got to bring this to the air. I think we have to. All right, for Big Country, for Jeff Kinney, for the slippery wizard Anthony Lima, I'm Ken Carmen. Oh, happy 50th birthday, Andy Roth. What? He's 50 today. Come on. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the show. It's his birthday month. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the show. Bye. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.